You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. We hope you're having a, well, hope you're going to have a great Thanksgiving. Um, so we are going to talk about Thanksgiving comic books today. Isn't that right, Chris? Yeah, because as much as we want our real world to emulate superheroes, sometimes superheroes emulate our real world. And so we're going to check out those issues where they kick back and give thanks and have some holiday fun times themselves. Yeah. So. If you have a special Thanksgiving issue that you prefer of a comic book, uh, we want to hear about it. But check out if we're going to talk about it first. We have we have a few. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and get into what is on our spinner rack. Yep. So luckily, DC Comics is going to be sneaking out their stuff this Tuesday. So it's plenty of time for you to stock up before you got to go to the grocery store or whatever you're planning are for thanksgiving so let's see right off the bat on tuesday dc will be releasing action comics 1027 so this continues on the march towards the end of brian michael bendis's era on superman um i do have to point out there's a beautiful variant cover of i i, I it's a bummer because we are talking thanksgiving which makes me think family uh, but here's some of the superman family as drawn by gary frank and it's beautiful art so we've got superman jonathan kent uh, Supergirl and Connor Kent. Um, I wish they had a couple more of the super family. Uh, you know, I, I always think of this era when I think of the Superman family, I always like to add Eradicator and steel. Uh, what about you? Are there any other members that you feel are missing? I mean, that's definitely a dishonor that they don't have steel there. I think that's, that's a bad idea. However, I don't even know if John Henry Irons exists in the world right now or not. Uh, so I would have had, yes, both steels and then also, uh, Superwoman, like she was there after rebirth. So why wouldn't she be in the picture? That's another good call. Yeah. So they, they keep, they keep building his family just to destroy his family, yeah. which is a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Let the man of steel have a break. Well, if you're going <laughs> to buy that issue, please, please, please buy the Gary Frank issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because the other cover is a very beat to heck superman and it's i i know we will probably get flack for saying this but john ramita jr art is just holy moly man Look like your art is, style be so different than your father's uh, yeah, radically different. And it's funny because if you ever go look at his original stuff, you could definitely tell he was emulating, you know, the popular artists of the time. And then he just was like, I'm going to do this instead. Uh, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Luckily, we've got some Batman Beyond. So Batman Beyond issue 49 will be out. Uh, this is by Dan Jurgens, And we are getting Batman Beyond Terry McGinnis meeting current Batman Bruce Wayne. So the shenanigans will be out there as these two dark knights team up now i, know uh, I gotta say i love when this happens oh go ahead yeah that's that's a great yeah when the two different versions meet up with each other i was just gonna say i know that you're probably not reading batman beyond right now i know i'm not but how do you feel about dan jurgens writing it i like it honestly uh it was very interesting i did my review on his uh nightwing issue 76 and of course every like uh, it, it's tough when you share something you love with people because and this is where I'm going to be on my soapbox. So my opinions reflect my own thoughts here, but you know, the one 800 number was never to give thanks. You know, it's, it's, it's not like people are calling and saying, Hey, I wanted to say, you know, Mitch did an excellent job. They're going to be like, no, this guy, Chris, he was horrible. And so when I'm on there and I'm online and I kind of, I sneak a peek at some of the comments and, and stuff. And I think I was on the CBR forums and I was looking at the current state of Nightwing everybody was just being and about it they were moaning and like groaning and it was just like uh, but i mean he jumped on that book and he brought character so honestly like i might not be reading it now 
But I will definitely, like this arc for sure, I want to read. Uh, I'm probably going to cheat and read it when it finishes. But I think he's a great writer. He comes in, he brings character. He brings introspectiveness to it. Um, he's got a dynamic. And on top of that, he has characters interact with each other in a very human way, not in a very yeah, scripted way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think having him on that book is a smart mm-hmm. idea. Um I'm very curious to see what's going to happen after future slate, because if I remember correctly, I think Batman beyond is going to get canceled after issue 50. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do next. I can't wait. Then we've got Batman Superman issue 14 by Josh Williamson. Um, black or sorry, Batman white Knight Harley presents. How am I saying this? Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn. There we go. Got to get my, these, these titles keep expending even more. So the White Knight universe is going to continue out a little bit further. Uh, We have our Harley Quinn adventure. So issue two will be out if you're collecting that. Here we go. Dark Knight's death metal multiverse who laughs. That's right. Uh, We are nearing the end of the death metal saga. So we're going to have a very introspective issue on the, the multiverse who laughs, AKA the Batman who laughs. Uh, He recently got some of the powers of Dr. Manhattan and he is going bananas. So we're going to see what happens there. Um, So uh, going back a little bit, uh, I finally read my uh, trade hard trade of the um, dark Knight, curse of the white Knight or black Batman curse of the white Knight uh, book, which once again, it was a great story. Like the addition of Azrael and how the two characters are, are tied in together. I don't know. Have you read the curse of the white Knight? No, I haven't caught up to that one yet. That is on my read list. Do you, do you want a spoiler or do you want to know? Oh, dude, I love that stuff. So go for it. So <laughs> anybody who hasn't read that story yet, uh, you know, skip ahead a couple 30 seconds, but um, they make it so that Bruce Wayne is not a Wayne. Wow, right he, out of the pages of Iron Man, huh? Well, it's not even so much that Bruce Wayne was in, like, basically every person in the Wayne family all the way to when they first came to America is not a Wayne. Wow, okay, that's a trip. Yeah, so the uh, the the priest that helps Edmund Wayne, the first uh, Wayne to come to America to clear out the Gotham Valley or whatever they called it at the time, um, from Lafayette Arkham or Laffy Arkham. Uh, they, uh, they kill Lafayette and then throw him into a ditch. And then the priest kills Edmund Wayne and throws him into the well as well. Uh, and then takes over his name. So it's basically every Wayne that's, that's been in America has been a descendant of this rogue priest that wanted to take power. Wow. That is that is some trippiness. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. John Paul Valley actually is a descendant of that Edmund Wayne. So that was, <laughs> that was weird too. <laughs> oh, Gene Paul is not only going to be Batman, but he's also a Wayne. Yeah. All right. That, that, that might, that might move the book up a couple clicks in my read list now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everybody gets out a twist. All right. I didn't give that a chance. Give that a read. <laughs> Uh, well, let's see. Uh, if you're going to go pick up the Dark Knight's Death Metal because you want to keep on the trend of what is new and what is happening with DC Universe, definitely see a shop has the uh, DC Nation Presents uh, DC Future State. So this is going to be the next big thing for DC, at least for two months. Um, <clears throat> this is where we're going to see variations and changes on characters new and old. Uh, we're going to be introduced to characters and we're going to be reintroduced to older concepts. So it's all going to be coming right here and we're going to see what happens and it'll be very interesting to see what sticks. Um, I know as I look at the, uh, the full pray, the full spread of it, the one with the two covers, I got to admit, I was very excited about Superman because I saw him with the kingdom come mess and the chains. I was like, Oh, okay, this is cool. But as I look at the comics even more, it's just, he's, in the barbarian so i was like ah, eh, that kind of lost my interest <laughs> uh, i think the only ones that i'm really excited about are probably bat books just because i like that idea of batman fighting against a tolterian security enhanced police state like i just think that's kind of interesting and um 
I know in future state Green Lantern issue two, how Jordan finally makes an appearance. So that'll definitely those will be some things that I might so keep the, an eye on there. Uh, did anything uh, tickle I mean, your fancy? I like the idea of the the Batman, but not being Batman anymore. He's Bruce Wayne doing something completely different. I think that's kind of interesting. The the evil Justice League seemed kind of interesting too. So I can't wait to check that out. But I wanted to say, are these titles taking over the spot of the regular titles? Or are they just additions? Yeah. Nope. For the next two months, that's going to be, that's what's going to be there. So there won't be a flash book because there will be future state flash. Okay. Yeah. So are all those stories, are they just getting pushed, put like put on hold or is there, are they all coming to an end and then starting back up afterwards? Do you know? Well, so Okay, this is where uh, you got to connect a lot of dots here. So everybody get your tinfoil hats. (laughs) (laughs) DC is hurting, man. Like Warner Brothers doesn't get it. They just kind of think they're like, well, wait a second. If you're going to write a script, why not write a movie script? And you're going to make millions of dollars more, which is not a bad idea. Um, So they don't see and understand the value in comics. And unfortunately, there has been another bloodbath at DC Comics. Um, it's just awful over there right now. Like I, I just feel so bad for the employees working there because it's like, do you know if you're going to survive or not? Uh, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank and Brad Anderson, they did a sneak attack. Um, like the Friday DC released their, um, gosh, I guess these would probably be the February solicits. Um, they, they released that they're going to do a good book called Geiger and it's going to be through image comics. And it's like, wait a second, Jeff Johns, the former president of DC comics is going to be writing a book for image. <laughs> like this is crazy. So uh, you got that happening. I, I hear a lot of rumblings about Tom King. So I think he's using up a lot of his credit um, with people. So that that's another heavy hitter. And Scott Snyder's even been expressing interest in like, Hey, I kind of, I don't, you know, I want to, he wants to throttle back a bit. So I think we're going to see a lot of like future state will happen. And then you're probably just going to have two more months of fill in uh, because it will be interesting because Green Lantern season two, I think, will be done around that time. So what's going to happen to the Green Lantern books after Grant Morrison leaves? Um, you know, who's going to who's going to take over Superman after John uh, after uh, Brian Michael Bendis? Now, a lot of us are speculating that it'll be Mark Wade, but we don't know. So it's going to be very interesting. So I think D.C., DC needs to break free from Warner Brothers uh, just because it's wild because like right now Warner Brothers is hurting and especially too with with no movies and theaters. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. But if they decide to take comics and, you know, change the way it's being done and run it the way the movie studios are run, I think they're going to hurt themselves really badly. So I hope DC survives. They will. You know, they they do find a way to get back on their feet. Uh, I just hope it finds a way to stay similar to what we were used to. So I honestly, I don't know. Like it's going to be very interesting when the March solicits come out next month. So cross your fingers. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Moving along though. Uh, Detective comics hits issue 1031. Uh, this is by Pete Tomasi and we have an interesting Batman and Robin no more. So it looks like those two might be in coming up for a breakup. Uh, Flash issue 7066 will be out, which again, that actually is a uh, fill in book right now. Harley Quinn issue 75, uh, the, the one of the variants will be released. So if you're collecting those, keep an eye out there. Justice League Dark hits issue 28. Uh, Legion of Superheroes hits issue 11. Nightwing. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's going to be a variant cover, so we don't need to worry about those. Uh, This one's definitely going to be a big one that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. The other history of the DC universe. So this will be told to this perspective of African-American heroes in the DC universe. Uh, This is written by John Ridley, so a lot of high expectations. So it'll be very interesting to see how he plays out. Um, I do find it interesting, though, because we can't even get a normal history of or the history of the dc universe because they keep changing everything because we still don't know what exists from crisis post-crisis 252 and rebirth like what counts so that'll be very interesting so uh he's definitely got some loose clay to play with which can definitely be freeing but it's going to be tough because you might pour your heart into something and then dc might just be like hey new number ones we're changing everything again (laughs) 
Isn't this is isn't other history? Isn't that a book that was supposed to come out a while ago and they got pushed? Yeah, it's 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 been uh, talked about for a while. I imagine there's been some uh, creative changes. Um, so I I I know they've talked about this. Like I think I want to say this book in theory is at least probably close to two years old. Yeah, I think I remember seeing it on a uh, solicit a while ago, and it never came out. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely John Ridley. He is, he's very excited to come in and shape the DC universe. So we'll see what he does. A red hood issue 51 will be out. And again, this is written by a uh, creative team that is just holding place. Now, Squ- wait, oh, now I find that funny because it's red hood 51, but this is a book that started off as <laughs> red hood and the Outsiders then became Red Hood and the Outlaws, then Red Hood Outlaw, and now it's just called Red Hood. Yep. So, like, I is, did they just find a backdoor way to just give us a Red Hood book? Pretty much, you know, it's using the Marvel math. <laughs> okay. Funny. Yep. I just think it's funny. Uh, Suicide Squad issue 11 will be out. Uh, that'll be the final issue of Tom Taylor's run with the team, so that'll be very interesting. I know I'm very interested because... Um, we know Blue Beetle didn't do it, so does he get to have some say in his uh, his redemption? Uh, one thing I do like, though, that I really enjoyed when I read issue 10, uh, we, we chatted about this on text, um, the idea of taking Black Mask and kind of giving him the chameleon's powers. I think that's kind of neat, you know, like, why not? Why not have that mask actually do something instead of just be a, you know, black skull on his head? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm very excited. I hope that I hope that stays. Uh, Wonder Woman issue 767 will be out. Uh, we are dealing with Maxwell Lord, so that's always a fun time. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. I know that's going to be rough because I they put a lot of their eggs in that basket for those to be released at the timing of the movie, which has been pushed back. So I wonder if when the movie does start getting more hype again, will we have Maxwell Lord versus Wonder Woman round three, maybe? <laughs> well, I mean, it will be exactly one month uh, when this is out, when these come out, or it's one month from now, as you're hearing this, uh, when the movie will be out on in theaters and on HBO Max. So if you have HBO Max, you can watch Wonder Woman 1984, December 24th or 25th. Nice. Um, let's see. So we've got some collected editions, Batman detective comics, 1027. That was one of their uh, big celebration issues. So you can get the deluxe edition there. Heroes in crisis. will finally get the ta- the trade paperback, uh, treatment justice league international. will get the second volume of their omnibus, uh, featuring a lot of, uh, Oh my gosh, Kevin McGuire, uh, heads from his era. Lois Lane, Enemy of the People, will be collected in trade paperback with that maxi series. Question, The Death of Vic Sage will be collected as a hardcover. Super Sons will get another Omnibus Expanded Edition, so there will be a lot going on there. Uh, So that's coming at you all on this Tuesday. And Wednesday, if you're looking for a little bit of horror in your appetite, Dynamite's Dynamite will be out there. So I've uh, been a lot of creepy covers. So if you're a Vampirella fan. I feel like where the late. It, well, it started issue one was last month, so it's continuing on. So they okay. did the best they could. But yeah, I think they it would have been smarter to do it as a weekly event mm-hmm. instead of a monthly event for that situation. But Eh, you know. So speaking of uh, numbering, uh, as you went past it right there, Green Hornet says it's on volume five, but at issue four. Is this not a continuation of the Green Hornet that like uh, Kevin Smith started over there at Dynamite? Oh yeah, no, it is. Um, Why are they on number four? Just, then? Oh, the thing is though. So, our, oh, sorry, the volumes will continue on. So pretty much every time a new writer comes along they re-volume it to give that writer a new number one. Uh, so gotcha. right now we have Scott Lobdell taking over the books. Um, I do love that beautiful cover by Lee Weeks. I think that's amazing stuff right there. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think because you, you're right. You had uh, Kevin Smith helped with the big relaunch. Um, I know they've had some other names on there too, but yeah, this is the, the fifth volume. So uh, very interesting to see what's going to happen. Uh, this kind of feels like a fix for me for the spirit. <laughs> they definitely are, are playing loose with the, 
uh, the trapped tie and fedora look, but yeah. I don't know if they'll get me or not. We've <laughs> <laughs> uh, got some Vampirella. So she's on volume eight, issue 15, if you're collecting that. Um, let's see, IDW. Don't forget, they also give you some Marvel comics as well. They have their Marvel action chillers. So again, this continues on from the Halloween exposure. So it looks like we have a brand new hero squaring off against Wolfcap. A fun small one or two issues that turn into its own thing. <laughs> uh, let's see what else do we got. Image, you've got some Chew. He's back with issue five of his new series. A lot of big hype for this Department of Truth number issue three will be out. So a lot of talk on that one. Uh, the Ice Cream Man definitely gets some love as well, and I, I dig that uh, Doctor Seuss cover that they've got on there. Um, we should also be seeing a big spawn jam comic going out there. So there's going to be, uh, a lot of names attached with this issue. So we're at spawn issue 312. Uh, and as you can see on one of the variant covers, they've got like a cityscape and they are just listing. Now, I don't know if that means that they all contribute to this issue or if these, all the people that have contributed to spawn in, a, in its entirety, but that's pretty wild to see. I didn't realize that there were that many people involved yeah, with spawn throughout the time. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? So jumping it over now, let's just officially go to Marvel comics. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 53 LR will be out. So this has definitely been gaining a lot of uh, interest with this last remains. Uh, Nick Spencer is playing hard and loose with our feelings towards one more day. So it's going to be very interesting to see what is going on with that. Daredevil volume six, issue 24 will be out. Uh, It looks like the gavel is going to come down. So I have a strong feeling that Matt Murdock is going to, or not Matt Murdock. I'm sorry. He's still innocent because people don't know that Matt and Daredevil are the same, but I think Daredevil is going to be found guilty. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, Dr. Doom issue nine will be out. Excalibur issue 13 will be getting a second printing, which was part of the X of swords, uh, which is just in time because issue 15 will be out, which continues the X of swords. We're at part 21. This thing is freaking huge. Holy moly. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier issue five will be out, which brings that to a conclusion. Um, I'm scared because there's a great variant cover by Koi Pham. Uh It's beautiful because it's got Bucky and Sam going up against the, uh, uh, oh my God, I just lost his name, uh, Baron Zemo. So oh. I hope we actually get to see that because that has been the big tease for why I was so interested in this book. And we really haven't seen those three characters interact, which was a bummer. So uh, I've got some big speculation there, Derek Landy. Don't let me down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've got, uh, and for those of you collecting, this is a nice variant cover. So they've got Giant Size X-Men, Jean Grey, and Emma Frost. This is considered the uh, the cover E, but I just love seeing that uh, dark phoenix next to the, uh, the white queen there. That's very, very nice looking. A Maestro will be at issue four. You know, I got to say, I, I really enjoyed Maestro because of how elusive he was. And I think when they brought him back during the Marvel Secret Wars, that was cool that they made him like an emperor of his own land. But now I just feel like it's too much. Like he's mm-hmm. getting overplayed. And as a shame, because of course I want to see Peter David make some money, but I think by giving him his own series and you know of course it's probably not going to run forever but i just feel that hampers the mystique of that character now i don't Um, know if like um oh what was the the red hulk that was on u.s avengers that book for a little bit uh uh that's the one that was a general not general uh thunder not ross but a different general that and he had a uh he had a clock like he had, he could only do it for an hour at a time. A uh, Hulk out. That is. If you take that into account, that, that character, you take into account, uh, Bruce Banner, um, Thunderbolt Ross, Maestro, basically all these characters that can Hulk out, uh, including she Hulk and red, she Hulk. I mean, how many active Hulks do we have in the world right now? I mean, then you also have the Abomination and the Leader and, you know, I don't know. And now if we go Gamma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
if you count how many gamma irritated people you've got, uh, you're going to need quite a few hands. Um, but if we talk just specifically Hulk, you know, that's tough because I want to say like you, you've got Banner, of course, and you've got Walters, uh, a.k.a. She-Hulk. So I know you've got those two. I don't know if there is a Red Hulk right now, like if anybody is running around as a Red Hulk. Um, and then, of course, I don't know what happened to Betty. I didn't read the conclusion to that. So I don't know if she's out there or if she's just, you know, still just in hiding. So that's very interesting. But, yeah, it's kind of funny if you think about the Marvel Universe because it's like, okay, we're afraid of Bruce Banner. So what are we going to do? Let's inject a lot more people with gamma radiation and hope for the best. And it's like... <laughs> You might have a Marvel 616 that has close to 616 Hulks. Hulk are gamma irritated people running around out there. So, yeah, very, very scary stuff there. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's see. Well, we'll move along. Uh, we've got Marvel issue two will be out. Uh, this one's a very interesting cover because it's got the original Black Widow on its uh, gracing the cover. And so in this one, if you're an X-Men fan, I would definitely uh, recommend picking this one up because we are going to see the original X-Men uh, basically have to deal with the idea of the new X-Men. How are they all going to relate? Plus you get a thing spider-man and dr doom adventure uh vision will have his own solo story and of course like i said they tease us with the black widow so i don't know if she'll actually be in the comic or not itself uh i do want to get into that series but the premise is tough because they get these beautiful covers but that does not guarantee the art inside A uh, power pack is back with issue. Well, that was, I can't believe I said that right on the first try. Um, mm-hmm. They are back with issue number one. So Ryan North is bringing the power pack back. So we get to see the adventures of these kids. Uh, they're close to 40 years old and they don't look a day over five. So get ready for that. <laughs> what else do we got? Shang Chi continues along with issue three. And if you are a fan of these Phoenix concepts, uh, the Shang Chi number three variant looks really nice. Uh, seeing how he would look if he had the Phoenix Force as well. Uh, we've got some Star Wars books. Now, if you want to save some money, this is the way to go with the True Believers. Now, everything's going to be subtitled King in Black. So we have True Believers, King in Black, Black Cat number one, which will be reprinting her first appearance for a dollar. Uh, we have True Believers, King in Black, Franklin Richards number one. Now, this reprints Fantastic Four issue number 245, but I'm not sure what happens in that issue. But if you're a Franklin Richards fan, and boy, we've got something to talk about here in a minute or two, uh, that's going to be interesting. So pick that up for a buck. And then if you want to see some old school Iron Man versus Doctor Doom, you can definitely pick that one up in the Iron Man Doctor Doom Doom Quest for a dollar. Now, do these characters, like, do these characters, uh, tie into king in the black king in black somehow like i believe so like i I, if i remember correctly i think black cat will actually i think she's got her own book so it's definitely going to be a heavy tie-in or she might get a a tie-in one shot uh franklin richards recently got just like i said put in on the spotlight i guess we could talk about it now um i found it interesting and if I remember correctly, I think this is Dan Slott doing it. So the, tr- the, 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 the status quo as it stands now, Franklin Richards is no longer considered a mutant. So why is the big question? Um, I know they just had a big X-Men Fantastic Four miniseries that is part of the whole uh, House of X, Powers of X, Powers of Ten you know, uh, current status quo of the mutants and all that stuff. Uh, so you have the X-Men fighting to say, hey, Franklin should be on Krakoa. And then, of course, his fantastic family saying, no, he's our child. We'll take care of him. Uh, so why go through all that just in the end to turn around and say, sorry, he's not. So is it one of those family fights where kind of like what happened to Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver? Uh, we know that they're mutants, but they've been Avengers way longer than they've been in the X-Men world. So do we just change their appearance or not necessarily their appearance? Do we just change one little stat on them so you can keep them? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I have a strong feeling Franklin Richards is going to be a big player in this King in Black. Hmm. Okay. How do you feel about that with uh, Franklin not being a mutant? I mean, it's it's to me, there's the broad definition of mutant like yes him and spider-man both are considered mutants but then there's the marvel uh 
definition of mutant of being, you know, you have an X gene, it comes about during puberty, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. Like to me, it's, it's the same, like calling Franklin Richards a mutant is the same as calling, um, Namer a mutant. Like he's, I don't, I don't feel like he's an X gene person, but he is definitely the product of human and, and Atlantean, right? Like he has a, does he have a human parent too? Just like Aquaman? Uh, for Namer, yeah, yeah, he has a human and Atlantean parent. Uh, basically, it's almost the same origin. Where it's, if I remember correctly, I think it is the lighthouse keeper. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. So, but so to me, it's just like, yeah, because both his parents were their genomes were changed. Uh, not not Namer's parents, but Franklin's parents were their, you know, their DNA was changed because of uh, cosmic rays. So he is technically a mutant. I don't know. How do you feel about it? You know, it's it's an interesting thing because right now you brought up some really great points about it. Um, because, yeah, if Franklin Richards is supposed to be this all-powerful god, then why would the Phoenix Force need to take on Jean? Is Jean that much more powerful because she's a mutant, or was it because of the Phoenix Force? So it's one of those things where it's like I, I could see that Franklin Richards is a mutant, but I don't see that he's um, that he's all powerful because he's a mutant. Because you're right, <coughs> with his mom and dad being exposed to cosmic rays, you know, are they considered mutants or not themselves? Um, so I find it interesting. So I mean, I if it's story worth writing, then I'm always behind it. If it's just shock, then I don't care for it. So I have to say that I I haven't read it. Um, I, cause I'm still in the process of reading X-Men fantastic four. So, I mean, I like the idea that he's a mutant just because, you know, Hey, if we can give him powers, cool. Why not? Um, but at the same time, you're right. It's, it's not necessarily what makes him because it's kind of like how Namor is. It's, it's the fact that that Atlantean and all those other characteristics, that's what mm-hmm. builds that character up. So, yeah. Um, so like I said, I'll, I'll have to sit down and read the issue to get educated on it and decide, well, if it was, if it was for story shock value, then nah, I'll pass. But if it actually had a reason, okay, I'll, I'll play this long game. We'll see. Uh, but anyways, let's finish up here. So we've got Warhammer 40 K Marnellius Calgar issue one gets a second printing. Uh, werewolf by night will be out with issue two Wolverine black, white and blood. Number one will be out with a couple of variants this week. Uh, we also have Wolverine uh, issue number one is getting a exclusive variant release. Um, X of Swords Destruction. I could be wrong, but I think this is the final part of X of Swords. So it looks like it might be coming to a conclusion. Uh, I have to share a bias. There is a Ryan Stegman variant cover that has Scott and Gene uh, standing off against all of this. So. The art isn't as pretty as I'd like, but I do love the fact that I'm seeing Cyclops because he's been kind of weak during the X of Swords. So I've been buying those tie-in issues that affect me, and they've been lame. So very curious to see what will happen there. Uh, X-Men issue 12 gets a third printing for part of the X of Swords prelude. Um, X-Men issue 15 will be out. So that should be some more X of Swords um post game i don't know what you call it anymore <laughs> uh let's see collected editions we've got avengers by jonathan hickman complete collection volume two captain america sharon carter will be getting her own trade paperback as she will be playing a big role in the falcon winter soldier series so i'm very excited for the character and the actress as well because i really felt they did sharon carter and in injustice uh in the mcu uh we've got excalibur by Teeny Howard, Volume 2, out as well. Fantastic Four Empire will get their crossover. So if you were a fan of the uh, of Wolverine and Spider-Man being part of the Fantastic Four, then definitely check out these issues. Uh, Shiri, Wakanda Forever, will be getting her own graphic novel to keep her character up and going. Uh, we've got Venom versus Carnage, a new printing of the Peter Milligan series there. And those are your spinner rack comics. So save up and get ready for a long weekend of reading some good stuff. All right. There you go. That is the spinner rack. Um, anything in uh, particular that you w- stuck out to you in, in uh, comic book news this week that you wanted to talk about? 
So I guess just that was kind of the big thing was the uh, the whole um, uh, what you might call Franklin Richards thing. I was I was very intrigued by that uh, just because I find it interesting that are we changing him to keep him out of the X Men universe uh, for his own reasons. And what would those reasons be? Uh, because actually next year, uh, 2021, will be the 60th anniversary of the Fantastic Four. So it'll be interesting to see, are there plans in motion? Uh, what was going on with that? Um, but otherwise, I can't really think of anything else that's jumping out at me. Um, you know, Rafa and I, we've been doing our old school readathon. Um so we're, we're definitely knee deep in the Batman Captain America stuff by Grant Morrison and Ed Brubaker. Um, I was very surprised. I did read a trade that I hadn't read before, uh, which was really fun. The gates of Gotham. So I think you Mitch might get a kick out of that just because it's interesting because in this book, they're establishing that the three main families of Gotham would have been the Waynes, Cobblepots, the Elliots. Wow. So I find it very interesting that uh, how they, they love to play with that history of stuff. And so uh, after your explanation of uh, the, the curse of the white knight, that'd be very interesting to see, you know, it's like, huh, uh, what, what, what is a Wayne? Is it now, is it a mask that people wear or is it a, is it like the red hood? <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, it, it seems like they're doing stuff with a lot of the history of the Batman bat family. So that uh, you can, I don't know, maybe break it down so that you can rebuild it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but what about you? Any any new stuff that pops out to your mind? Well, I know that I was, when I was streaming or streaming, uh, combing through feeds, social media feeds, I did come across, uh, a, I think it was a Screen Rant article, but I'm not sure. But it's, and I only read the, t- the title, but it was, and I know you've been talking about it and we just talked about it a little bit today, but the Phoenix Force coming back and all the people that are, I guess, that it could be that is going to the Phoenix force might be taking over or uh, I know they're doing a lot of different covers. Like I saw there's a, like the one you pointed out earlier with Shang-Chi and then there's a black Panther one and uh, moon Knight possibly getting it kind of thing. What's going on with that? Like what's going on with the, yeah, yeah. the Phoenix force? So, and this has always been tough because I always find it interesting. Is Gene the Phoenix Force or is Phoenix Force Gene or whatever the case may be? But anyways, they uh, Jason Aaron is currently writing the Avengers book. So a lot of people are speculating, uh, could we be getting ready for Avengers versus X-Men 2? Um, so he is having the Phoenix Force come back. Uh, as we have seen with Jason Aaron's Avengers 1 million BC, we know that Odin was basically their Thor, and they had a, a redheaded woman who was also the Phoenix of that all-powerful team. So now the Phoenix Force is coming back. It is looking for a new host. Um, you've played with the idea that Gene and Wolverine have talked like, hey, what do you think? And even Gene herself is like, I'm over it. <laughs> so I've, I found that to be kind of funny. What a what a neat little poke at. Uh, but Wolverine is definitely invested to try to find out what's going to go on. So I don't know. I guess I, I, I hope if they're going to do this, if they're going to play with it, maybe just make it its own character. You know, like have somebody get the Phoenix Force, uh, have it be a power set, have it just be its own thing because they keep taking it off the table they keep bringing it back onto the table. So it kind of gets old because like when you go back to um, what was it? The return of Jean gray, when they wrote that story, you know, the Phoenix force was like, Oh, Jean, you know, choose me because I choose you and let's be together. And then Jean was like, no, I don't want you. And the Phoenix force is like, but I can't live without you, you know? And then they do, they separate. Uh, we saw Scarlet witch and hope. They took the Phoenix force and they said, let there be more mutants. And then, you know, apparently the Phoenix Force was scattered about through the cosmos. So it's 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 just interesting to see where it goes. Um, but I definitely, I would love to say, you know, like I said, take it, give it to a character, um, you know, maybe, maybe Mockingbird. I don't think she has much going on. Maybe she could be the new uh, heir to the Phoenix Force. But I just, I hope they pick something and let it sit as status quo for more than five or two years. So the gene <laughs> that you're talking about right there, that's the one that was the leader of uh, 
X-Men Red, right? That's okay. Jean Grey. Because yeah. the young Jean Grey isn't around anymore, right? I know. She got shipped on back to the 1960s. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Um, yeah. I mean, having it always come back and then now we have a, another big, well, we should get to choose who it goes to kind of thing. Like, that's seems like we're retreading what happened in X-Men versus uh, Avengers versus X-Men the first time around. Um, but on a real quick, quick challenge to you, like what if they were able to block it from coming to the Marvel universe and that somehow reverted to the DC universe? Who do, who do you see it going to, or who would you re- want to see it go to? Oh, wow. Okay. So who in the DC universe gets the Phoenix force? So, I think, I guess just because of the, the bird theme of things, um, I'm going to give it to Dove. I want to see her get that power increase. Uh, and just because it would be wild to see how the peacefulness of a Dove deals with the fiery resurrection of a phoenix. So I think that'd be fun for her to play with. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd have, to, you'd have to bring her back from the dead, right? Like with the phoenix force itself, just bring her back from the dead? Or do you bring her back from the dead some other way? And then all of a sudden the phoenix force picks her. Well, I, last I thought, I thought Dove was alive. Is I mean, she? it's DC Comics, so who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess the last thing I remember her from is is uh, Blackest Night, so or Brightest Day. So, oh, yeah, no, she was alive during that. She survived. So. Okay, okay, we're safe. <laughs> but actually, now that you now that you got me thinking of characters, uh, I I got a better pick. Uh, Donna Troy. She should be the Phoenix. That's interesting. She's all about rebirth all the time, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, that that would be pretty cool. All right. All right, well, then let's go ahead and get into our topic for this week, Thanksgiving comic books. Uh, I mean, I know we've talked about in the, in the past, like Jeff Johns went on that whole thing at Comic-Con about like Thanksgiving was the time for comic books for him because he, he, he read them when he was – you know, on his way home from school or whatever. And, you know, it was the time when he had a lot of time off and he just read comic books. But with all that being said, don't, there's not really a lot of books that just circle around the, the holiday of Thanksgiving. I don't know if that's because it's a more American uh, holiday than anything else. Cause like Halloween might be, or versions of Halloween are, are celebrated around the world. And definitely versions of Christmas or whatever other Yule holiday you you you, you celebrate is, is around that time, so they can do those stories. But like, there's not a lot of Thanksgiving stories. Yeah, they're definitely a little bit more tough to do because, and I think like we were talking before we started recording. For me, and even as I, I searched through comics to find to to talk about for this one, I, fa- family is Thanksgiving. Uh, and even if you don't celebrate the holiday, most people tend to gather with family. So I think it's tough because, and I know this is going to be an interesting argument, but it's like Spider-Man and Batman, they're loners. They're, they're orphans of a sort, you know? So it's like, well, you know, even if you put Peter with Aunt May, that happens all the time. So it's kind of like a quiet, you know, the two of them share a meal. Uh, Batman, for the most part, he was a loner. Uh, and I know new readers will look at me and be like, what are you talking about? He's got a collection of Robins and Batgirls. And it's like, yes, but there was a time where it was just Batman. And even Robin didn't always hang out with him. So um, they definitely were They're They're probably harder to write because you're going to be a morose tell, for a very joyful holiday. Well, not just that. I mean, like the fact that they are orphans or, you know, a lot of superheroes, the trope is they've lost either both parents or one of their parents. And, and Thanksgiving's a lot of, a lot of times it's about being with your family and, and being around the table and stuff like that. So they might not have family to do that with. So I can understand that. Like you look at Daredevil, Daredevil lost his, his dad and his mother's the, the, the nun, but like he doesn't spend time with him or her. And, you know, just everybody, everybody has a a dead relative that is not going to be around the table when they they have Thanksgiving. So I I guess I get that, which then gives us the reason why we have the, the, the certain families that we do have for Thanksgiving stories. Yeah, so definitely, you know, the the other side of it is to show 
uh, instead of having a story about lack of family, it's more to help people recognize the family you do have. Um, so yeah, so I think it's just, it's, it's tough. Um, and I also kind of consider it too. It's the forgotten holiday because a lot of us, you know, it's like, all right, kick the pumpkin off the curb and bring in the Christmas tree because it's Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people start doing that. Yep. So I think that's why we get that, that little bit of loss there. But, uh, anyways, let's, let's share a couple of books we've got. Um, I guess I'll start it. If you don't mind, this one was one of mine and I, I, I forgot it was Thanksgiving. So what an extra nice bonus, but, uh, uncanny X-Men issue 308. So it's, it's, I guess I don't mind the art just because of the story that it gives me, uh, but it's John Romita Jr. Uh, Scott Lobdell wrote this. Uh, this was during the blue and gold era of the X-Men. So this was a story that was, gosh, I want to say, I think right before, um, Oh God. What was the, the story where they ripped out the adamantium and Wolverine? Um, still attractions. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it was right before then. So anyways, uh, Jean gray is back and I always laugh because when you read these articles, you know, so this article, uh, is the real Stanley.com, which probably couldn't be any more false of a statement than anything out there. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I love Stanley, but I know he didn't even read this comic, (laughs) but it was, I was, because they're like, oh, Scott Summers and the recently returned from the dead, quote, again, Jean Grey. So I think one of these days I'm going to have to do an explanation of Jean Grey because not many people get it. So this was back in 1994. At that point in Jean Grey's history, she technically never died. Um, she had not been recently returned because there was a book called X Factor, which launched in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> It's just one of those things where people have this false memory and they love to give mean crap. But anyways, um, there was an issue where, where Scott and Jean had a moment. They were having a great night out in New York City and Scott proposes to Jean and she says she can't because at that point she has the memories of the Phoenix and Madeline Pryor all in her mind. And she knows that she's drawn to Scott Summers. She wants it to be she wants to be drawn to him on her terms, not on their terms. Anyways, this is a beautiful issue. Um, it's, it was, it's the space between events, you know, so they had just come off of the, I think it was the executioner song and they're about to go into fatal attractions. So anyways, you get to see everybody together. If we look at the bottom picture, you know, you, you've got angel gambit, storm, rogue, Xavier, forge, beast, Bishop, you know, they're all happy. They're all at the mansion sharing Thanksgiving dinner. So everybody uh, is just enjoying themselves. There was a scene that I love um, where the two groups are playing football. And of course, the football winds up landing in Xavier's lap. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I have the football. And of course, the X Men can't stop themselves. They wind up tackling Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> It was that cheesy wholesomeness, but the big part of that issue that I love, though, is finally Gene actually proposes to Scott. Uh, It was the moment I, as a Cyclops, Gene Gene Gray uh, relationship, fan, worship, or whatever you want to call it, I was so excited to see that the moment was coming. Um, Of course, I read it in retro because I think my first new issue of X-Men that I bought was X-Men Volume 2, Number 30, The Actual Wedding of Scott and Gene it was nice to go backwards and read their uh, proposal. So that's definitely one of my favorite go-to Thanksgiving books. Okay. What about you? One you want to share out there? Uh, I mean, <laughs> like I said, I couldn't really find anything. The only one that I wanted, I, I guess I, that I actually read was the JSA book where the justice league show up. And as you've said, in, in many of our uh, podcasts, uh, it's a long tradition for the Justice League and the Justice Society to get together for Thanksgiving and have a meal. Um, this particular issue, I honestly, I mean, I know I read it. I know I own it. I just couldn't tell you exactly what happens in the issue. Yeah, well, it, it's tough because, gosh, if we look at that, like the one this article is referencing goes all the way back to uh, 2003's Thanksgiving that was quite a while ago. Uh, JSA issue 54 by Johns and Kramer. Uh, beautiful art, beautiful teaming up of the two families. And, and I think is, even... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the cover is is recreating the famous uh, 
family dinner uh, painting that you see a lot of people mo- uh, not mock, but um, parody. Homage. Yeah, homage. Yeah, I mean, even Deadpool did it for Deadpool Two movie poster, like at one point where you have yeah. everybody yeah, having uh, a turkey being served. But the famous Norman Rockwell uh, Americana, I think it might be called. I'm not too that sure, but called- yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that, that was a fun one. Um, I know, I think, I think if we go back, I, I want to say, and I know we've talked about it a lot here cause it's one of our favorite books, but, uh, JLA, JSA, um, oh my God, I just lost the subtitle, but it, it was its own special Vice book. Was it? Vice and Virtue? There you go, Vice and Virtue. Uh, so I know they had like a JLA, JSA secret files that led to Vice and Virtue. And that was huge. And this, if I remember correctly, I think this is kind of like the sequel to it. Like it's a year later and they have the two teams team up again. Um, but that was just such a great era because I'll be honest with you. Like I didn't know my, I mean, obviously we learn more history as we grow. Uh, so when I was living these in the moment, I was just taking them for what they were. But this is huge because if you had been a fan at the time and had done your research this shouldn't have happened because in zero hour, they killed off the JSA. DC was really done with the JSA at the time. Um, luckily, it was uh, a story that I mentioned in our last episode, um, the, the JSA Golden Age by James Robinson. That's what really got people interested in the JSA again, which helped the JSA book to be launched. Uh, and here we are some 30 you know, 25 years later, and we're seeing more ramifications of that. You know, names like Alan Scott are getting prepped to go on to television. Jakeem Thunder has been cast uh, for Stargirl Season 2. Stargirl has her own TV show, you know, so it's it's wild to know that, like, the JSA went from being done to now they're they're definitely a very high-talked-about team again. So, yeah, that is definitely one of those. It feels like a stolen moment with uh, forgotten friends and, and long, long gone family, you know. So that's always a fun issue to go back and reflect on. Now, with Karen Starr or Kara Zor-El or Power Girl, she is a, a character that exists. And I don't want to say uh, she doesn't have memories of pre-crisis, but she also doesn't. She's not from the Krypton that's on this earth, at least that's depicted in this book. Does she have memories of when the JLA and JSA used to get together? Yeah, they've since done that. They've since given her back her full memory. So she remembers crash landing on Earth 2, eating, you know, the Golden Age Superman and, and interacting with Helena Wayne, the original Huntress. And so she remembers all that stuff and even being. Uh, you know, saved onto Earth, you know, post-crisis Earth and, you know, her adventures there. So they've they've since given her all that um, just because I think DC is going more towards character matters more than story and continuity do. Um, so, but yeah, she has since been able to recollect everything, <laughs> okay. which is a lot for her, yeah. a lot of universe jumping. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Game two, issue 14. Uh, we have a Thanksgiving holiday in 2017. Uh, Gwen is having dinner with Thanksgiving dinner with Ben and May Parker. So I find that interesting that Ben Parker is alive in that universe. Yeah. Um, he's got his ninjas and of course all chaos ensues. So that's just going to take everything I know up on our radar. Punisher volume nine, uh, artwork by killing it. A Frank Castle sharing a Thanksgiving. These are the people that, are doing bad anyway. So like we're somewhat okay with it, but I mean, how, how do you, how do you feel about that? You know, it's interesting. Um, as I get like, I, I, I to me and the, the, a fantasy, like he, he's definitely not a person you want to be because he has quite the cross to carry. Uh, I think Frank doesn't give a damn about what people think of him. At the same time, he doesn't want people to follow him either mm-hmm. because he knows that, look, I'm I'm on a mission. And depending on how they want to write it, you know, it could already be that he's killed the people, killed his family. So now he's like, hey, I did what I needed to do, but I'm not going to stop until all these gangsters are dead. So that might be the case. Uh, 
uh, he's the boogeyman. You know, it's there's moments where we ourselves find ourselves, you know, road angry or slighted or cheated, and we have that fantasy of wanting to do something about it, but we know better judgment tells us not to. We are not jury, jury uh, judge, jury, and executioner. Uh, just a conflicted character. Um, I like reading his adventures. I do worry about modern society when I see people wear stuff, you know, because you you think about it and it's like, like I always remember this was a funny one. I was one day at a grocery store and it had the Superman logo on it. And right on the middle curve of the S it had the word bitch calling themselves a super bitch. And I'm laughing because and I almost feel like if I saw that person, I called them a bitch to their face, they'd probably get mad. If that's what they wanted to be called. So it's like, well, you know, if, you, if you're sporting the Punisher logos, do you want to be called a killer? Do you want to be called a narcissist? Uh, do you call a hero? Do you want to be called a vigilante? You know, what are you, what are you looking for? So we definitely gravitate towards these characters. Um, but I think in mind that they're just characters, you know, because is there something wrong with liking Dr. Doom? Maybe, maybe not. Is there something wrong with liking the Red Skull? Most definitely. <laughs> uh, I don't think you'll find too many people lobbying to say he's a, he's a uh, character that's worth subscribing to. Uh, but but you, you have people that are big fans and want to emulate the Joker, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. So it's like, so it's, it's, it's definitely interesting, you know, what, what makes a character. Um, I think ultimately it's one of those things where we should definitely, you read his stories and the hope, and I'm sure even the writers would agree that they make you think, you know, because it's kind of like, I'm sure a lot of us have gravitated towards that movie falling down with Michael Douglas, you know, and it's like, you know what, there could be a time where you have that day and you think it's worth it and you want to yell at the McDonald's breakfast guy and be like, I don't care, it's 1031, give me my eggs, you know. Uh, but at the same time, when you find the motivations of that character, that's when you really have to question you bond with them or not. So I don't know, he's, he's, a, he's a tough one to like and definitely in this modern age, uh, there's a lot of flack that comes with him. Uh, but I'll definitely say, you know, I'll read his adventures, but I, I won't lie. I'll be kind of cross-eyed when I do see somebody wearing a, a Punisher logo, just because we all know Sam and we know how Sam can be. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the character? I know. I, I, I think he's a, he's an interesting character to read. I, th- I, I mean, I love the show. I love the idea of the character, but yeah, it's, it's hard to, for me to, put that in perspective like yes i understand it's fiction yes i understand that you know it's just people telling stories and i think they've done great strides in the most recent versions of of the character into being like this is not the right thing to do this is he is not the person to emulate he is on a one man you know uh mission because of certain things and you can get away maybe with since it's fiction to be like, well, he's so good at what he does that he's, he's not hitting any collateral damage and stuff like that. But it's, it doesn't work like that in real life. And I, I just want people to be able to recognize that, that, you know, real life is much different than fantasy. And, and, and it's as much as you can't sit there and create your own, Iron Man armor at this point. Well, I mean, not to my knowledge, at least you can't, not without, you know, <laughs> lots of uh, expertise and money. Um, in a cave. <laughs> in a cave, yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to be Punisher either. Like, it's not, it's not realistic. And, and that's the, the hard thing. And I, like I said, I think, and that story's what, from 2014. So it's been, they've been a while of trying to, you know, point out that Frank Castle's not the man to emulate. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, you know, we, we, uh, I think using some of those titles helps, you know, we, we read the stories of castle, but we don't want to become the right. Punisher, you know? So it's, it's definitely something else. Cause yeah. Cause I think even people are starting to catch on stuff. Like I do laugh at some of the modern memes where they're like, here's Batman. And he's like, you know, grabbing a, a Lex core security guard and twisting his leg. <laughs> it's like, tell me where's Rachel, you know? It's like, well, how is he? How is he okay right well, now? Well, <laughs> there was a, there was that meme that uh, 
that showed uh, the three characters from uh, Batman and Robin or Batman Forever? Which was the one? It's Batman and Robin because it's it's Batman in his outfit and then um, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. And it's sitting there like, so there was a scientist telling us that, you know, global warming is bad and a, and a uh, botanist or I don't know. It was the two scientists that are telling us stuff. And then the rich man that's going around beating up uh, poor people that are just trying to get a job. <laughs> and we're OK with that. Like, it's I thought it was funny. I, I, I know I, I completely messed it up, but I thought it was funny. That's pretty funny. Well, it is like if you if you look at it through that lens, you're kind of like. I guess there is something to that. Yeah, you know, here's here's two scientists telling us about uh botany and 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 temperatures and, you know, but let's stick with the rich guy in the mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's good. Uh well, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, this one is definitely something I would I would put fans onto their radar. Uh Vision and the Scarlet Witch. And I wouldn't just say stop at this one. So the article is pointing out issue number 6. Um and this one is Back when Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were mutants, their father was Magneto. So it's Thanksgiving, and Wanda gets this wonderful idea of saying, hey, let's bring all the family over. So the Avengers are going to have to break bread with Magneto. So that's a very conflicted issue. Uh, and I would definitely say definitely read that Maxi series because we have a WandaVision coming to Disney+. Plus. So I think there's going to be a lot of harvesting of ideas from that comic series. That's right. Get those in because, uh, yeah, WandaVision comes out on Disney Plus January 15th. And uh, you're going to want to know where some of the stuff that's going to be in that show has come, has come from. So uh, I think that's going to be a, a good watch or a good, it's definitely going to be a good watch, but that would be a good read. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. Then we've got, this is a big one that's on our radar that we love. Uh, Batman the Long Halloween. Uh, it's a great series. I love the uh, the theme of the months. So sure enough, issue two deals with Thanksgiving. And uh, this one, the focus was on Solomon Grundy. I always remember this comic, not necessarily for the story inside, but I love the fact that Grundy, at least when this creative team portrayed him, uh, they made him a sympathetic villain. And so I just remember he was hungry. And, and then Batman, how does he subdue him? He leaves a turkey leg behind for him. And then Grundy's just so happy. And I thought that was a neat trick of the, you know, trick of the art there. Yeah, that was a, that was a good, a good ending to that um, particular uh, issue of the long Halloween. Uh, and then um, I guess I've got about, well, let's see, we'll, we'll scroll through this list because they definitely shared a lot of, and even the, the, the main people as Marvel and DC were hyping their own comics for Christmas, uh, they kind of found similar tastes. So it was tough on them. So I don't feel too bad what we're trying to do either. Um, but if you want to get a Deadpool Thanksgiving, check out his uh, issue 37 from the 2012 series uh, that was released back in November 19th of 2014. And we uh, get generous daredevil or sorry deadpool who doesn't want to commit murder on thanksgiving so you'll get to play with that uh franklin richards since we were talking so much about him uh there was a while there when they did franklin richards son of a genius uh that was when let's see who was the writer on that one um i guess well yeah so uh virtual Kalirg, mark sumarak um were the ones but there was somebody else in charge of it too because i just remember that that art style, Chris Upadopoulos, I think, or something like that. But anyways, uh, they're definitely cartoony, comic booky style stories, so they're always fun. So if you want to get a laugh, uh, that one comes all the way back from 2006. Um, here's another one mocking that, uh, well, not mocking, but definitely poking fun at the Norman Rockwell painting. We have the Marvel Superhero Adventures Captain Marvel Mealtime Mayhem. Uh, so we get all the Marvel superheroes lined up for Thanksgiving, and then here comes Venom just licking the whole turkey. So that's a cute little cover there. Yeah, 2018, uh, yeah. November 2018, that would have been right after the Venom movie came out. So, yep. so yeah, definitely hyping uh, Captain Marvel and Venom. Those were the two big sales at the time. Uh, if you want to get another dose of 
Frank Castle at Thanksgiving. Check out A Year of Marvels, and this would be the November Infinite comic issue. So this was back in 2016. They released a comic book a week. Marvel did their own Year of Marvels, so basically a DC 52 light. Uh, but anyways, Jordan White was the editor on this one, and we had Todd Casey, Elliot Casey, and artist Dan- Daniel Govar uh, decide to have a Punisher story that dealt with... Um, this time being taken in by a veteran and her son. And this time they actually help him out. So uh, you can see both sides of it where somebody takes him in and accepts him and somebody does not accept him. So it'll be wild to read those two in contrast. Uh, we have Daredevil issue 178. So if you want to get Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist together at the New York's Thanksgiving Parade, well, there you go. That's just going to be some craziness all around. And I know it's rough to hear us promote a Frank Miller comic, but this was the good Frank Miller. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think that's about all the books we've got there. So just kind of a little uh, sampling smorgasbord of what you could get on your comic book buffet this Thanksgiving day. Well, there you go. Like I said, if you had certain Thanksgiving Day uh, comic books that you like to talk about, maybe something outside of the big two that we didn't touch on, uh, we'd love to hear it. So please reach out to me. Find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M, G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris, where can people find you online? Uh, you can definitely find me on Twitter as well. I am Stuff I Should Say, Should being spelled S-H-U-D. Uh, check me out there. And then also check out Geek Elite Media their website, uh, geekelitemedia.com, and also aiptcomics.com for all my comic book writings that I try to do as much as possible. Uh, anybody else on Geek Elite Media, you can find them on Twitter at Geek Elite Media, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out our Patreon. You can find bonus material that you can only get there if you're one of our patrons, including uh, Reimaginative, which is a uh, further conversation after each one of these episodes on our Patreon. Then go to uh, our website, geeklymedia.com, for archived episodes. Did I already say this part? Uh, no, no, you're, you're fresh on that. All right. Go to our, <laughs> go to our website, geeklymedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. If you listen to us on a podcatcher app please rate and review us it helps spread the word of our network but until next time this is imagine if on the geekly media network saying always remember to geek out geek out this concludes our broadcast 